dogs do go to heaven, but not birds. All birds are reincarnated here in sunny Springfield, Missouri. Bird capital of the world. <laughs> Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower, you are listening to S- America's number one. Wow. I'm messing it up. Oh my goodness. I made fun of you last week and now I can't do it. What's <laughs> you going take on? one week off. Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower. It's a number one. It's a number one hit <laughs> smash podcast. <laughs> it's the morning. We're drinking coffee. <laughs> anyway, America's number one podcast by Restaurant Springfield, Missouri. I'm Andy Carr. And I'm Dan Howell, fresh off a sip of that coffee. <laughs> the show is Spring Food Mo, in case we forgot to say that, which I think we might have. <laughs> anyway, we're here to celebrate a brand new month. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> a very special month that we've been looking forward to. We've been planning this for a while, actually. Well, of course, it's June. And when you think June, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Patios. <laughs> That's that right. Not pantyhose. Patios. <laughs> we did a bad job for people who have been thinking about patio month for, I don't know, three months or so. <laughs> yeah, we're doing uh, four different patio restaurants this month. We're going to try to do a wide variety of patios. We also have some really good guests booked. We actually had a guest book for this episode. We had to switch it up a little bit because of some things that uh, we will allude to right now. The last show of this (laughs) month is going to be a live show, if everything works out correctly. It's not just going to be any live show. Where are we going to do it, Dan? Well, where else to conclude patio month but Springfield's most prominent patio? Its greatest patio. The biggest patio in Springfield. That's unconfirmed. The patio with the most historical significance. Absolutely. And the listeners will just have to figure it out from there. <laughs> because the live show details are not yet confirmed. Yes. <laughs> not, not set in stone. Once but. we lock it in, we'll tell you what's up. But just for now, know that uh, patio month is going to come to a grand conclusion. <laughs> That's right, folks. So I don't know if you listened to the last episode of a podcast from Springfield, Dan. Actually, I do know that you didn't because we talked about it. And that's okay. (laughs) I listen to it every single Saturday morning, sometimes at Friday late at night, if they post them early, which they did this time. (laughs) Anyway, they were having a food discussion, and I felt like we needed to chime in on this. It's an age-old argument, Dan. Is a hot dog and or a hamburger a sandwich? Hot dog or hamburgers? Sandwiches? The age-old question, and by age-old, I mean as old as Twitter, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. It seems like a question really brewed from the internet. You won't be surprised to hear that I have a take. (laughs) (laughs) I think that too much is made of the type of bread that constitutes a sandwich. Sure. Dustin, Jared, and Doug, I believe it was Jared actually that said... If it's one piece of bread, it can't be a sandwich. And I disagree with Jared on that. Respectfully, I I disagree. I think you can have one piece of bread and have it still be a sandwich. Not always cut all the way through. You're excluding subs. Yeah. (laughs) If you're saying that, Jared, come on, buddy. Is that what you mean to do, Jared? Exclude subs? Mm. (laughs) Discriminator. (laughs) That's what they call them. Now Jared, you hate the discriminator <laughs> subs too, but substitute teachers. <laughs> no, I don't. I love them. You're part of that great. I love teacher substitute. Let me tell you, rivalry. buddy. I love having a sub. Andy <laughs> <laughs> loves both types of subs. <laughs> I think it's the nature of the meat in the item in the dish that determines whether or not said dish is a sandwich. Explain. You can have a patty, or I don't know, a chunk of meat or sliced meat, but you can't have like one discrete item and have that be Hmm. the centerpiece of the sandwich. So a hot dog is not a sandwich. A bratwurst is not a sandwich. However, I think if you slice the hot dog or the sausage or the bratwurst and put it onto a bun or into whatever the sub may be, whatever the type of sandwich may be. Sure. In that case, it is a sandwich. So if you have a sausage or hot dog and it's sliced, that's a sandwich. If it's a discrete tubular hot dog, not a sandwich. But a sausage patty, that would also sure. that would it's also fine. count as a sandwich. Buddy, breakfast sandwich. It's right there in the name. You know, I'm I'm in the camp of hot dogs, bratwurst, 
they are sandwiches. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't think we call them sandwiches because hot dog is well, a that's the thing. I, shorter way to say that. I think this is a linguistic discussion more than it is a, well, I guess it's only a linguistic discussion. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we don't call those sandwiches. Sure. You know, you, you call a hot dog a hot dog, call a bratwurst a bratwurst. You're not saying a hot dog sandwich. It sounds unnatural. So it's more about what sounds natural to you. Maybe in some freaky place in M- Missoula, Montana, they call them hot dog sandies or something. You know, you don't call a hamburger a hamburger sandwich unless you're wimpy. <laughs> I, th- I think hamburger counts as a sandwich. I think it does as well. But I think a hot dog would be just an open face sandwich. Yeah. You know? So, Jared, Dustin, Doug, you know where we stand and now our listeners do too. We stand in different places. Yes, we are polar opposites in this respect and have agreed to continue the podcast anyway. Yeah, that's what America's all about. <laughs> Arguing about dumb stuff and agreeing that it's okay to disagree. Andy's a real both-sider kind nope. of guy. <laughs> when it comes to hot dogs, sure. <laughs> I don't like that. So, Dan, I, I guess now it's about time we uh, stepped up to the plate and took a swing at oh, uh, this wow. week's restaurant. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> That's all I've got. I didn't, like, make a list or anything like the aviary. but So, let's learn a little bit about the dugout. Bar, ampersand, grill, ampersand, sports, ampersand, music reads the sign outside the dugout, the sports and music bar and grill tucked away on traffic way just east of National. Owner Matt Netzer's goal is to have the city's best pre and or post ball game hangout spot. But Netzer's earlier ventures had a little less grill and a little less sports, a lot more bar and a lot more music. And if they don't win, it's a shame. I feel a little weird writing about Matt Netzer because he's a guy I've met a few times, even though he wouldn't remember me. People today probably mainly know Matt Netzer as the affable bartender and cook at the dugout or from the old days at the Outland. But he's also a multi-instrumentalist, a singer, and a talented songwriter. In the early 90s, after finishing his time at Mizzou, Netzer moved to London for a little while. London, England, then. Yes, Dan. London, England. However, in 1994, Netzer was in Springfield, playing shows under the name Matt Netzer and the Cappuccino Cowboys. He played in a bunch of bands throughout the 90s. Most notably, Netzer was the bassist in The Smarties. Eventually, that band broke up, but Netzer and Smarties singer Sherry Hurst continued performing together. They even worked on a couple movies. Netzer and Hurst composed the folky score for a film called Winding Roads, directed by Ted Melfi, who would go on to direct the 2016 sleeper hit Hidden Figures. Winding Roads is pretty much impossible to track down. There is a trailer for it on YouTube, and I wanted to play you a clip of it, but the audio quality is so poor that I couldn't clean it up enough to make it even slightly listenable. And that's really saying something. Not about the movie, just about the terrible YouTube audio. That's marriage, Sam. It changes everything. It didn't change you. Well, I'm the exception. During that same period in the mid-90s, Matt Netzer also opened up his first restaurant, the Moon City Cafe, a coffee shop that operated from roughly 1994 to 1998 at 301 Park Central West, the spot that would later house Marco's Pizza and then the original Hertz Donuts. I think the Hertz folks still own or lease that space. It's empty right now, but at one point they were threatening to use it for a gourmet hot dog shop called Zombie Dogs. Anyway, Moon City Cafe was often described in articles as funky. Netzer and co-owner Dennis Radford Capps downtown Proto Mudhouse hosted art exhibitions, quiet music performances, poetry readings, and at least one fashion show. This is pretty funny considering where Netzer's ambitions took him next. The Outland, South Street's renowned downtown rock dive, was opened in 1991 by a man named Craig Watkins, who also owned the original Collie's Pub. The Outland was a little different then than it is now. 
For one thing, it used to serve food. The initial concept was a place to go and chill after late night shenanigans, drink some coffee, maybe eat some dirt cheap biscuits and gravy. They supposedly served 300 types of beer as well. The Outland used to be open during breakfast and lunch hours. Just before it opened, Watkins told the newsleader, this won't be the kind of place that people will come and spend four hours a night. Of course, the Outland eventually became exactly the kind of place that people came and spent four hours a night. After selling Moon City Cafe in 1998, Matt Netzer went on to take over the Outland. I'm not sure, but I'm guessing that's when the place became a more straight-ahead, nighttime-only, down-and-dirty, beer-soaked rock thing. And let's not forget the Outland Ballroom, the bigger, wide-open venue upstairs that hosted countless national touring acts over the years. Some of the best shows I've ever seen in Springfield happened upstairs at the Outland. And some of the best ones I ever played happened downstairs. And I'm pretty sure I have Matt Netzer to thank for all that. Around the same time he started working at the Outland, Netzer also started a new band with former Smarties bandmate Sherry Hurst, who we mentioned before. They called it Honky Tonk Chateau. People loved that band. They were just a little bit before my time, but what I've heard sounds really good. Twenty-six miles left to go. Twenty-six miles. That's Matt Netzer's voice you're hearing there. During the mid-aughts, which very much was my time, Netzer played drums in songwriter J.R. Topps' monster rock band Sweetwater Abilene. I saw this band a bunch of times, and I can't really describe to you how great some of those shows were. I saw Sweetwater Abilene treat tiny bars as if they were arenas. It ruled. Drinking when they kicked your ribs to shards, and the nicest boys always love the worst women, and the nicest women always love the worst boys. Netzer ran the Outland until around the end of the decade, maybe a little longer. During his tenure, it was a loud, dingy, sticky, punk kind of place, and I loved it very much. I still love it. However, uh, Matt Netzer moved on around 2012 when he opened The Dugout, a cleaner and decidedly more chill sports bar on Trafficway, about a mile east of downtown. The small building had previously been occupied by O'Malley's and McMurphy's Irish pubs, Roadhouse Saloon, and... It was the final location of the infamous, long-running, intentionally misspelled dive bar, the Twilight Inn, to which Netzer pays tribute on the dugout's menu with an item called the Twilight Burger. Well, I think heaven ain't made for free. The more you leave, the more you see. The dugout's Facebook page lists a series of selling points to lure potential diners and or drinkers. First, its front door is 482 steps to Hammond's Field, and outside the bar is a great view of the traditional post-night game fireworks. I'm curious as to whose legs and feet were used to calculate that step total. The dugout uses fresh meat processed locally by American Meat Company. The profile page also pitches award-winning smoked wings, quote-unquote, super-thin old-school onion straws, an allegedly famous avocado smoked turkey sandwich then again quote unquote second best cuban sandwich in sgf live jazz a great happy hour and in all caps quote unquote patio 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 this confirms that we definitely accidentally picked the best possible place to kick off this very special month. Patio, oh, patio, oh. Sipping ice cold brews on the patio. Patio, oh, patio, oh. Sitting in the sun out on the patio. 
So Dan, had you seen any of the bands Matt Netzer played in back in the day? He may still play in some now, I don't know. I don't think so. Honky Tonk Chateau definitely sounds familiar, like I may have seen them, or at least have seen a poster of theirs, but no, I haven't. Uh, Mike, who now manages the Moxie, was the bassist in that band, I believe. So there's a lot of like still prominent Springfield people that played in Honky Tonk Chateau. Yeah, I mean, I've certainly seen my fair share of shows at the Outland, Mm -hmm. like yourself. Surely not as much as you have. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm much older than you. <laughs> That's part of it. Much, much older. <laughs> and even a few shows at the dugout, just mm-hmm. smaller shows, obviously. But I did want to mention that I got permission from JR to play that Sweetwater Abilene song. And I reached out to Matt Netzer, but have not yet heard back. So I'm probably just going to leave that in there because wow. you, can, you can hear that song for free on YouTube. So don't feel too bad putting it in song. there without permission. But yeah, it's really good. Great music week this week yeah love that bio you and i saw that band the initials of which are dp yes, that song absolutely. that song life pass we saw them at the outland ballroom together oh which is uh, why i chose them that was weird <laughs> that many people there it was you and me and dime piece just kind of <laughs> stayed in there awkwardly that would have been post matt netzer's tenure there yes, as owner probably. as well uh but man what a great show yeah so tell me your personal history with the dugout dan I used to go to the dugout a good amount. It's probably been about two years now oh, wow. since I've had the chance to visit. But uh, back whenever I was living with my good buddy, Josh, mm. I was uh, watching a lot more sports back then. And ah. we would go hang out at the dugout because his good friend, Dylan Rudder, tended oh, bar Dylan. up there. Yeah. He uh, also played in a lot of local bands. Now he sells knives out in Tennessee. You can <laughs> Find his knives at Drek Metal. As one they does. Very cool and very expensive. <laughs> but yeah, we used to go up there a good amount to watch soccer games, NBA games. I actually tried to make it up there this week for some of the NBA finals, but alas, I was unable to. But yeah, probably my most frequented sports bar. Uh, what about yourself? I go to the dugout, I would say, somewhere between 8 and 12 times a year. Oh, wow. Mostly in the summer, you know, spring, early fall months, that kind of thing. Sure. It's just pretty convenient. So Lindsay and I sure. will go there. It's just a great spot during dusk, you know, or yeah. for an early lunch, that kind of thing, before it gets too hot on a summer day. Not to spoil anything, but I think it's a pretty good patio. Absolutely. This was actually my submission for patio mm-hmm. month. We had some worked out, and I suggested the dugout patio because yeah. I've, uh, I've been out there a good amount. Actually, saw someone still loves you, Boris Yelchin, play on that uh, patio around the time they were releasing maybe their third or fourth album. It I've, was really cool. I've definitely seen them there f- before. Yeah. I think they played uh, a whole string of shows at the mm-hmm. dugout there. They were playing like once a week on Thursday nights right. or something. It was a great show. They used to do that at the Outland as well. And those shows were so fun. They were like tour warm up shows, what mm-hmm. was happening, just this regular gig. And it was like super cheap, $5. You could go, oh, I love that band, and I love I loved those shows, especially. Absolutely. The patio was a good place to see them. Yeah. I think I've seen <laughs> Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin, <laughs> more than any other band, probably upwards of 30 yeah. times. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, good band. So I guess we should probably actually start reviewing uh, The Dugout. Before we do that, let's run down our patio month <laughs> oh, categories. Goodness. We're going to be discussing each patio restaurant using five different categories. Those categories are brews, views, seats, eats, and beats. (laughs) We'll explain what each of those are as we get to them. But uh, (laughs) this is something real special. (laughs) I'm so excited about this. I only have three so far, but each of these are going to get their own mashup drops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the first one we're going to talk about is Brews. And really, the only reason we're starting with this is because Brews and Views rhyme <laughs> and the other three <laughs> rhyme. So what beers did you drink? Did you drink a beer on that patio when you went oh, this week, Dan? Oh, goodness, Andy. Did I ever. For my brew this week, I ordered a Mother's Blood Orange Saison 16-ounce mm. can right at the top of the menu there unfortunately they were out of that so (laughs) that happens a lot at the dugout they're blowing taps and not having stuff in stock that you know that was their seasonal option it sounded sounded nice i Mm -hmm. went there around saturday at noon so i was 
maybe a 16 ounce can would have actually been a little much for yeah. me so i'm kind of glad they were out i ended up having a piney river black walnut wheat hmm. good beer a little dark for patio dining it's a little hot outside yeah. for something that dark but you know it was the next one down sure. on the menu i'm an indecisive boy <laughs> what about yourself I had a Piney River Black Walnut Wheat my second time. I used to really love that beer. It's unique. I've mm-hmm. never tasted anything else like it. You know, I've tasted 2,000 beers or something at this point. You know, my tastes have changed a lot. and It's a little bit too smooth for me now. If I'm drinking a Stout or a Porter, I want it to have just a little bit more bite to it, a little more but a few more bubbles yeah yeah it is very smooth but still kind of just so dark yeah. like it's very smooth it's for dense. a dark beer yeah the first time i went i got the voodoo ranger ipa which mm, is a new belgium a beer and i i like that one quite a bit you know i'm a big fan of ipas and i know like it's cool to hate ipas now or whatever but i still love them you know they have a ton of flavor They're i love tasty. that kick you know i, I like uh adventurous tastes and tastes that are unsubtle and that's that's what's up with an ipa voodoo ranger's so. got a good amount of uh tasty ipas too mm-hmm. check them out at your local price cutter store <laughs> <laughs> so that's brews the next category is views what i want is a view so what can you see from the patio And does that make a difference as far as how much you enjoy being on it? Mostly you can see traffic way, Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe a little bit of national. Uh, There's a few brick buildings scattered along traffic way. You get a little bit of a view of Hammond's Field and the kind of pole art installation there on the corner of national and traffic way. You also get a waft of the smoker from the Uh back. I don't know if we're including smells in the views category. Smews. Unfortunately, I also got a nice waft of a push mower being oh, operated just right across the street. Yeah, that's and, a bummer. Uh, to the auto parts store across the street. Get that mower checked out. That was an <laughs> irregular amount of smoke yeah. coming out of it. Uh, but, you know, you, you get to see a little bit there. It's not yeah. a crazy beautiful view. It's on the south side of Traffic Way, so you're looking north over the street. And I think you can see just enough of Hammond's Field to make this place... Like satisfying as a baseball bar. It makes sense that it's called the dugout. If it was just a little bit further away, you're going to be like, uh, I would be like, ah, this is a little bit of a stretch here with this, but it's not a stretch. I I think it's really nice. It's cool. If there were a game going on, especially, you could like see the crowd reacting. And you can definitely hear the announcer Mm -hmm. and like the stuff over the PA during the game. I mean, you can hear that like deep into the Roundtree neighborhood. It's so loud. So you can definitely hear it at the dugout. Have a good view of the fireworks. Yeah. Next category is seats. Customers sitting there with food in their mouths. I don't know what's going on. Have a sandwich. Have a seat. Have a seat. Man, I've just been sitting here thinking. About what? About the miracle we witnessed. Four circular tables with metal grating tops, three of which have been covered with green vinyl cloth, mm-hmm. two smaller concrete top tables, one larger rectangular metal grating table, and a corner of the deck, half the seating of which is wooden benches, sawed off into three pieces mm-hmm. to fit along the corner space. There's also a long wooden bench against the side of the building leading to the entrance. A lot of seating options here. Got to say, it's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> no. You have your choice of awning, too. Uh, half yeah. of the patio has a standard wooden awning, and then half of it has sort of a large stretched out piece of cloth. Uh-huh. Uh, nice red. <laughs> The awning on the north side of the patio sort of shoots out a little bit so you can stand there and put your drink on it. Like it's made to, sure. it's made specifically to be a patio at a bar. Absolutely. Which is cool. I, I th- I've only been there a few times when it's so busy that people are like standing up against it. They have a, two bar stools. <laughs> they <laughs> so do. You I could saw those. Theoretically sit at the <laughs> uh, little bar, patio bar there, but I've, don't know that I remember seeing anyone sitting there. Overall, I'd say it's a pretty satisfying amount sure. of seating there. It's a decent sized patio. Nothing crazy. It's not excessive. But uh, it's nice. Seats are good. Yeah. As far as the actual seats go, mostly plastic lawn chairs. Not great for a large man like myself, but still pretty comfy. The patio is about as big as the restaurant uh-huh. as well. Like I, I would say there's probably an equal amount of seating mm-hmm. on both inside and out. Yeah, the inside has some booths, some tables. Mm-hmm. It's, and I say this lovingly, a little dingy in there. 
I don't think this place is quite a dive, like the quality of the food, which we'll get to no. in a second, is way too high for this to qualify as a dive. A good amount of TVs inside mm-hmm. as well. Well, good TV placement. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, so seats pretty good. We I guess we aren't going to rate each of these individually. We're just going to break them <laughs> up for discussion. The next category is eats, and I don't have a drop for this one yet. So let's get into these eats, Dan. Let's do. I went twice this week, once for lunch and once for sort of a regular dinner time dinner. Lindsay and I went together a Friday night. So Wednesday afternoon, I stopped by and I ordered some potato skins and dug out smoked wings with barbecue sauce. Those Mm. potato skins, man, they're hollowed potato halves. They're either deep fried or baked. I think, I think they're baked. They're filled with cheddar cheese, then topped with tomatoes, green onions, and shreds of crispy bacon. The potatoes are crispy on the outside. Like I said, I'm pretty sure they're baked. They're soft and very hot on the inside. But the skin on the outside has just a slight crunch to it, and the cheese is melty and gooey, and all those textures and starches and the fat just mix together, and it's glorious. I love these potato skins. That sounds awesome. Got to say, they're a little inconsistent as to the quality, not in a positive or negative way, but in what they look like and how you know, baked they are. Because sometimes they're like long, skinny potato halves. Sometimes they're almost perfectly round, which is the way I had mine this time. You know, yep. the size of a potato varies. Yep. Understandable. That's, you got you to gotta roll the dice. That's just the way the potato crumbles. Mm-hmm. Taking a risk. So I understand that you got some wings also. Oh, boy, did I. <laughs> I only visited here once, and my main item was not the wings, but after hearing... The waitress who had been serving me this morning described them as (laughs) award-winning. I had to get some to go, Andy. Uh Uh-huh. And boy, am I glad I did. Wait, did you reheat them? No, uh, my intention was to reheat them, but I got home and the smell of those wings just really pulled me in. Understandable. Uh, It was was just sort of a back-to-back situation. (laughs) Back-to-back. I had a half order of the barbecue smoked wings you also got the barbecue indeed i was hoping that you got the hot wings i was going to try and get whichever one you did not but alas those barbecue ones sounded very mm-hmm. good you make wings like this right barbecue sauce wings i've heard I you do. talk about yeah that. not uh smoked exactly but i do cook some wings in a slow cooker uh cover them in barbecue sauce and then you throw them in that broiler with mm. a fresh coat of barbecue sauce to get that nice sticky coat on there so are dugout wings better or worse than your wings Dan? you know i'm gonna have to say they were just slightly better than mine (laughs) 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 no these wings were incredible maybe some of the best wings i've had in town that smoky flavor is just crazy like there's nothing super special about the barbecue sauce Uh on there it is a lovely sauce it's not like sweet baby rays or anything Mm -hmm. i suspect but man, they're just so full of flavor and huge. Mm-hmm. My six-piece order was, it, it was so fu- filling. They're not like genetically modified huge, but they're no. just big in a natural way. Yeah, that, that smoky flavor is great. And it's right beneath the barbecue yes. sauce. You kind of get them mixed together. The smoking process seems to make the skin a little tougher than yes. it would be if you just fried them or baked them or whatever. It's a good thing. It gives them more texture. There's a little sinew here and there, but mm-hmm. that's just uh, par for the course with wings. Mostly they're just saucy and crisp on the outside, so juicy on the inside. I mean, when you tear into them, you can tell they've been smoked just Mm -hmm. by kind of the pink hue of Mm -hmm. the chicken. It's not undercooked or anything, obviously, but it has that smoky look. I've talked a little bit about this before, I think probably in our Coyotes Adobe episode, but I don't have an aversion to wings in and of themselves, but I am averse to the impracticality of eating wings. Mm -hmm. I keep a short beard at all times. And I hate having sauce in said beard and also on my fingers. So I compulsively wipe off fully after every bite. Do you do this? I have to wipe off before I can like touch pretty much anything else. But I just try and go in hard and finish them all quickly so that then I can get to a sink. So that's part of my problem is I'm a slow eater. I treasure the restaurant experience. And I know people will be surprised to hear that. Someone who (laughs) co-hosts a food podcast. But... I want to be there and stretch it out and really enjoy it. And so, 
Yeah, I have friends who can just commit to being messy until the meal concludes, but I can't do it. When I was sitting there on the dugout patio on Wednesday, there was a light breeze and all my napkins kept blowing away. Yeah. So and there was there was one other party on the patio with me and I must look like such a fool, like taking one bite, wiping off completely, then like having to get up and scramble to pick up an errant napkin. <laughs> I am so glad I took them home because I I ate alone on the uh-huh. patio. Um, not a common thing that I do. So mm-hmm. there was already a little fear of being looked at as a single <laughs> dining party. I did have a lovely dining experience, but man, I'm glad that I had those wings at home because I can definitely see that. I, I was not supplied with a adequate amount of napkins yeah. to even handle those wings. Very saucy. That's one thing that I really like about the dugout is they seem to realize that it's pretty messy food generally. So they'll oh, bring yeah. you out. It's like a six pack yes. cardboard <laughs> container that has, you know, your condiments, but also yep. just a huge handful of napkins stuffed in there as well, which I, I like a lot. Absolutely. What was your main course, Dan? Andy. I don't know if it is a part of the official spring food mo canon that the Cuban is in the dedict, but Let's just go ahead and throw it in there. Dedic subsect bylaw 88. <laughs> Cubano Hermano himself. <laughs> Cubano Hermano. Dan Howell. I am a Cuban boy Shouldn't in all ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that matters. So you're the Hermano, Hermano Cubano. That's yes. right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, this Cuban. It's a nice heap of smoked pulled pork on top of two thin slices of ham and a layer of pickles smothered in mustard and covered in Swiss cheese. (laughs) On a crispy and airy, somehow, pressed, but so filled with meaty, cheesy, pickly goodness that it was not flat like most Cubans, but thick like your boy. (laughs) Man. This was a good Cuban sandwich. I'm not sure if I have ever had this one before. I almost think I have. But that pulled pork, you can tell it's made on the same smoker out back as mm-hmm. those wings. You can see the smoker back there whenever you park. Oh, we have pics. They're showing up in the Instagram oh, this week for sure. Andy, that is a good Cuban. Maybe my top Cuban now. Maybe oh, my top wow. local Cuban. This is the third you've tried for the show, right? I think so. Because you had Country Girls and absolutely. you had I Love Tacos. Now you've had the dugout. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I don't know. I'm going to have to get a definitive ranking going. Maybe once I get to five mm-hmm. Cubans, I'll be able to really lay it out there for the customers, but that our listeners, our customers. Our customers. <laughs> but yeah, this is a tasty Cuban. I got it with the hand-sliced onion rings. Did you have a chance to have those onion rings? I have rings? never had the onion rings. They make a pretty big deal out of them on the menu. They are thin, hand-cut rings, flash-fried and dusted with blackened seasoning. They're super crispy, not quite shoestring, as described in the bio, mm. but just a little thicker. They give you a big old heap of them. I would put them at the top of that type of onion. Uh-huh. Ring. They're not a thick cut onion ring, but man, as far as a thinner onion ring goes, these were delicious and placed on the Cuban sandwich. I think the dugout should probably just add like a 50 cent, 75 cent option to add these onion rings to any sandwich. Nice. It's a pretty sandwich heavy shop. I'm they're good. Pretty sure they have the build your own burger option and the onion yes. rings are on there. So I bet you could just add onions to any burger. I would say if you have the option, get those onion rings on the burger. They're a dollar ninety nine upgrade from fries, which mm-hmm. is pretty high. But man, there are some pretty good onion rings. If you like the thinner type, how do you feel about the fries? I didn't get to have them this time. I feel like I've had them in the past. They're kind of like a Burger King fry to I mean, just to place it in the realm of a... I gave him a look large of surprise when he said that. Yeah, I, I feel like I like them. I don't know. It's It's been too long for me to really say. Yeah, they're about medium thickness and length. Probably some kind of coating on the outside because there is a little crunch to them beyond just the typical fried crispness. They're nice and salty, but not overly so. I think they're good fries. They're sure. very good bar fries. I ordered... The falafel burger, ooh, which I had never had. There's a good amount of falafel on the menu. There is. Yeah, there's a lot of vegetarian options here, which is pretty cool for a bar. 
The menu describes a falafel burger thusly, golden falafel patty, feta, cucumber yogurt sauce, lettuce, tomato, and onion. I was curious about this and also a little skeptical because falafel can be pretty bready, so a falafel burger kind of sounds like a bread sandwich. However, I'm pleased to report that the falafel burger ruled. The falafel flavor of the seasoning was mild but complex, and the complexity set it apart from the flavor of the bun, which you know is a pretty simple flavor the bun the cucumber sauce and the feta cheese add even more of that mediterranean profile but topping all that with lettuce tomato and onion kind of maintained the indignity of bar food i mean that in a positive way (laughs) the falafel burger isn't some like weirdly fancy sure menu item it fits in with everything else on there it has this light fresh taste and it's really just a perfect summer food i would definitely order it again it doesn't taste like a burger really it's its own thing but I think eating the contents of a pita and the structure of a burger sure. totally worked. I'd never had anything like that before. I'm pretty sure the first menu item is just three pieces of falafel. Mm-hmm. They, they take a lot of pride in their falafel. There, As they so should. I, I definitely should have tried it. I'll have to go back and get that. It's really delicious. Now, there's one more menu item we have to talk about. And I intentionally saved it for last because mm. it's by far my favorite thing Please. on the menu. Lindsay and I will get an order of this every single time we go. Sometimes we just get this. Sometimes we will get this and also split an entree. But we will never eat at the dugout without an order of pulled pork nachos. Andy. (laughs) Andrew Carr. (laughs) House-made tortilla chips topped with smoked pork, then smothered with dugout barbecue sauce or some other kind of red sauce, but we never get that. Jalapeno cheddar sauce, pepper jack, tomato, and green onions. When this plate comes out, it's this beautiful sloppy mess. Yes. There's such an abundance of toppings that you can't really eat it with your fingers like regular nachos. You basically have to use a fork. The pork on that fork is usually juicy and fairly lean. No hunks of fat or anything. And all the sauces and veggies just sort of mix together and you get this explosion of fatty flavor. And it's awesome. This is one of the messiest dishes oh, in Springfield. It's a great mess. I'd say it's less messy than the wings, but you know my <laughs> wing feelings. It's like hard to eat a wing with a fork. Oh, yeah. It can't, it can't be done. Yeah. So if you use a fork with the nachos, you're fine. But if you think that's like a weird thing to do, fine. Get messy. Goodness. It'll be worth it. It's easily my favorite thing on the dugout menu. And it's probably my favorite nachos in town, though I'm not that big of a nacho boy. I don't always order nachos. I'll ask her if it's okay for me to tell the story, and if not, I'll cut it out. But uh, Lindsay has recently taken on the official title, Nacho Woman. (laughs) Not a pun. It's just N-A-C-H-O, Nacho Woman. Sure. (laughs) Because these are like, these these nachos like a part of her identity. (laughs) Andy, I I would say prior to this visit, that was my primary order as mm-hmm. well. I've had those pulled pork nachos so many times, and I'm glad to hear that they still hold up after not having been there in a while. 100% they hold up. If not anything, they've gotten better. Wow. We have one more category, Dan, and that category has to do with live music on the patio. Ooh. Let's hear about those beats. We got the beats. Oh, I know you love it when this beat is on. We got the beats. Oh, I know you love it when this beat is on. We got the Each of these drops has three separate components that have been, I don't know how to put this. They've been mashed up together. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking we could do some kind of contest. Now, we don't yet have a prize for this contest. So if you run a restaurant and you're listening and would like to get in on this, maybe a little free Mm. advertising for you, we'd like to give away some kind of gift cards if people can correctly name all three components for a drop. (laughs) Okay, You're limited to one. And if someone has already gotten the one right that you... uh, picked then yours doesn't count but send them to our instagram send it to our email you can send them to drops at springfoodpod.com if you've uh got a guess drops with an s or a z whichever dugout has live music at night mostly and you know my feelings while i'm eating i'm not a big fan of live music however if you're out on the patio it's not over it's not so loud it's going to overpower your conversation absolutely so it's a pretty good music situation if you want to be inside listening to it you can or you can be outside hanging out just hearing it in the background during the day they just don't play music on the patio they do not which i like (laughs) i like it 
I was pretty surprised that there was no music coming from any direction mm-hmm. since I was dining alone and had some time for myself. I popped in a headphone and listened to a early 13 track cut of a little playlist that you might be hearing uh, in a couple weeks listeners just to kind of get the vibe of summer and really feel out these tracks mm-hmm. so in lieu of actual music out on the patio and before i decided to slip my old headphones in my de facto beats were the tables next to me <laughs> One table seemed to have a group of regulars there, uh, of which the waitress knew most of their names. Tommy, Matt. There's a lot of that. A lot of these servers knowing the people eating. Which it seemed cool. that way. There was only one server there the morning I went. The second time I went, my server from the first time was there dining. Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> it was pretty fun. <laughs> of course, I decided to listen into a little bit of the table next to me because I'm a little sneak. You can't not if you're the only people out there. I don't know the age of all these people, but to give you a little clue, one of them asked Siri to get Jackie's address. <laughs> so, you know, the age of a person who would do that. Yeah. And they all Jackie seemed like Chan? they were. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> they all seemed like they were from out of town and headed out of town. The waitress asked one of them if they would like another round. And he said, no, unfortunately, I got to drive all day and night. And then one of the other parties at the table encouraging him to have another drink said well wait will uber or lyft get us to buffalo (laughs) new york (laughs) (laughs) apparently they had a wedding to go to at buffalo missouri and the waitress replied no but yellow cab will so Mm. i don't know how the rest of those people's day went but they seemed pretty set on taking a yellow cab to buffalo missouri and then back after this yeah, wedding I was gonna say, they're just gonna <laughs> leave their car at the dugout and it's not like parking is optimal there. i think they were in a hotel somewhere ah. here in town or at least staying with a friend but uh man i i don't how long of a ride in the yellow cab you think that is for see, <laughs> buffalo missouri i don't know nine hours <laughs> I, I have no sense of distance yeah uh too long to spend in a yellow cab is what i would say and quite possibly too much money even for us the mm. ultra rich podcasters yep. that we are so rich <laughs> one last thing we need to mention about this particular patio is the single game they have for you to play oh it's called ring a bowl aka the bimini ring game really i've never played this out there you haven't no. you know what i'm talking about it's like right by the the, the corner where you pass to walk uh-huh. in you will see a string that hangs down from the ceiling there and on the end of that string is a little ring okay and there's a hook on the wall i looked into this game that's how i found out it was called the mini ring game there's an official like bimini ring game company like you have to oh i don't know you could just buy a two a ring and a hook and a string do this on your own but (laughs) anyway this company sells the games and they describe it thusly Stand back directly in front of the hook with the ring and string fully extended. Swing the ring gently. It is not necessary to swing it hard. Matter of fact, by doing it gently, you will soon develop a smooth rhythm to your swing. Once you loop the ring on the hook for the first time, you will find it easier from then on. Each person gets five tries with each turn. The first one to get five ringers wins the round. Ringers do not have to be consecutive. The best two out of three rounds is a match so that's how you play i can't believe you haven't played there's always people up there playing it or there's always people talking about it that you can hear like what is this yeah i didn't hear any chitter chatter about it mostly i had a nice group of uh older gentlemen around me some boomers their chitter chatter was revolved around crms and iras and lawn (laughs) mowers and uh that's that's about all i heard yeah I will say that when I was there by myself, there were some business people that were openly doing something illegal, and they would <laughs> stop doing it whenever the door opened and a server came out, which was very interesting. Really? It's like, who am I? Like, maybe I'm a cop. You know? I'm not, but, you know, <laughs> you that, was, that was odd. Big cop look. <laughs> There's only one thing left to do here, Dan. I believe that's raiding the dugout. How many erstwhile rocker reconstituted twilight dives would you rate <laughs> the dugout, bar and grill? And music and sports. Ooh, man. I I didn't catch much after you said erstwhile. But, <laughs> Andy, I am 
I'm so surprised by the dugout. I've been here a bunch of times, uh-huh. and I did not suspect them to show up like this. I I was kind of thinking a three star, three and a half star. What? I I don't so know. Surprised by this? I think maybe it's just the proximity of which I've been there. Maybe I did have a bad experience back in the day. It's, something's kept me from going back. But the Cuban, the onion rings, the wings. Andy, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to give it five, but I don't know why I don't want to give it five. <laughs> so I'm going to give it five. Nice. I totally respect it. I loved that food, Andy. That's some good it's delicious. Food. One thing I think is really interesting about the dugout is it seems to be a restaurateur's restaurant. And what I mean is it's a place that other people who run restaurants in town really respect and hmm. like to go. And I know this for a fact because after our live show at Pagination, Lindsay and I went to the dugout and on on that patio were uh, Joe and Laura from Scully's and oh. Eleanor from Perry Pie. Awesome. And then another party of people that were at the show. That is so cool. So it was three different parties. Joe and Laura weren't at the show, but then the other two parties were at the show, which I thought was pretty fun. <laughs> so restaurant tours restaurant great food cool patio you know i'm a big fan of a divey atmosphere like i said this isn't quite a dive but it's not like a place where you go to appreciate the aesthetic and i like that about it you know it's just a cool place to hang out really nice space i'm gonna go with the rock solid four wow you know i'm trying to reserve my super high ratings for like stuff that's transcendently good i said at the beginning of the show i want there for me to be like five or ten five-star places in the city and i'm trying to get back to that attitude <laughs> I, you know, Love I get dugout. it. I'm I'm a little looser with sure. my uh, with my uh, fives, but man, I I just loved everything I got there. Then you brought up those pulled pork nachos, and it just sent me over the edge. Mm-hmm. So now we have the return of a segment we've done once before. Except uh, the title doesn't exactly work because the person who's going to lead this segment uh, is not Andy. <laughs> this is it's time for Andy's conspiracy corner, hosted this time by Dan. <laughs> Who we're going to Andy? In a conspiracy like this, you build from the outer edges and you go step by step. If you shoot too high and miss, everybody feels more secure. Welcome, of course, listeners, to Danny's Conspiracy Corner. A few weeks ago, Andy and I went to an event here in town by Team Taco. Andy, do you remember this event? No, I have no memory of this at all. <laughs> of course, I remember. <laughs> you have anything to say? We about talked Team about taco. it in another episode. <laughs> <laughs> now we meant to mention our little taco tryst at our live Mexican villa show at Pagination, but we got lost in the moment with the huge fanfare, the standing ovations, and the popping of fine champagne corks. Mm-hmm. We neglected to mention Team Taco. We also went thirty minutes over our thirty-minute time, and uh. <laughs> We basically just did not have time to talk about it. Listen, I I would say with cutout material, we went at least three and a half hours. Uh, (laughs) But there was just nothing the owners of Pagination could do. They could not get through the thick crowd to give us the light. Is this a conspiracy? (laughs) It could be. Now I know what you're thinking. This sounds more like a segment of Jonathan Franzen's The Corrections. Well, it would be. But... The plot, like a nice rue, <laughs> thickened. <laughs> you see, this falls squarely into the realm of Danny's conspiracy corner, both with K's still, conspiracy and corner. Because the venue in which this lovely event was held, social on Patton, is the latest victim of the Spring Food Mo curse. <laughs> That's right, folks. After opening in early 2018, the Springfield News Leader reports that Social on Patton will be shuttering its doors on June 30th, and that part owner Robert Sonnemaker and other Social on Patton principals plan to open a new venture, Team Taco. Uh At some point later this year, it'll go in the former Ells Patisserie building near the corner of Cherry Street and Pickwick Avenue. Now, I'm not saying that the Spring Food Mo Curse may be closed social. 
It definitely did. 100% (laughs) no doubt in my mind. It is the reason that they are closed now. But is it possible that we were also responsible for their decision to make Team Taco a full-time operation? (laughs) Did our mere presence (laughs) at the event push them over the edge? Or did our failure to mention them in the show cause a sort of complex <laughs> that made them put all their energy into team taco highly doubtful as some sort of revenge on us <laughs> nope. are we cultivating a sort of spring food mode bermuda triangle <laughs> on cherry and pickwick with the indelible scullies and now team taco there's literally no way for us to know <laughs> if anyone from team taco social on Patton or the local shadow government that's surely involved (laughs) would like to clear any of this up. We'd be glad to have you on. And thus concludes this week's segment of wait, I have stuff to say. (laughs) (laughs) Had you eaten social much prior to our team taco visit to social? I hadn't, I hadn't been there. I I think I maybe had been to a wedding that was held there once, but other than that, no. I could be mistaken, but I think in 2018, that date to which you referred in your piece there, I'm pretty sure that that's when it became just social. Because it used to be City Butcher Social House, maybe? Uh And I went there several times. They had a pretty good happy hour where they had a really like high-quality burger you could get for like $8 or $10 Mm. or something. Um they also had a great brunch, like one of the best brunches in town. Like we would take people from out of town to this brunch uh, sometimes. What time did you go? Around one o'clock? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> brunch time. Brunch time. <laughs> but I, it just kind of, I always got a weird vibe there, not from anyone or anything. What I mean is I'm not sure if that restaurant ever established a solid identity. Oh. I don't know exactly what it was. You know, the the menu changed a lot. Sometimes I had like a what seemed like a fixed menu. Other time they were other times they were just doing small plates. And this could be me just dipping in and out of there and not really paying attention to what they were doing. Sure. But uh, you know, when they stopped doing the brunch is basically when I stopped going on a semi-regular basis, just because that was by far my favorite thing that they did. Uh, I do know some of those gentlemen who run it just a little, not a lot, like set, sitting next to each other at events, that kind of thing. And man, I can tell you, Doug, uh, one of the dudes knows a whole lot about food and a whole lot about whiskey. So these people know what they're doing. And I am very excited for this team taco mm-hmm. venture. Those tacos, despite us not talking about them on the show, were delicious. Yeah, we can mention that. I mean, we both ordered three tacos to start. Absolutely. And three they out were, of five. Yes. They were so good that we both just went back and got the other yes. ones that we didn't get the first time. And they were delicious. Yes. I will say it's not cheap for a street taco, like $3 each. So mm-hmm. once we were done, including the beer, it was probably like 20 bucks or something. Sure. But you know what? You get what you pay for and it's high quality ingredients. Very so. high quality. Looking forward to Team Taco. I will miss uh the space at least is social and they had really good food too when i ate the food there so sorry that that didn't work out for yeah. you all <laughs> our official stance is that we're sorry that we closed social on pat <laughs> okay that's your official stance <laughs> mine is sorry that it didn't happen the way maybe they expected or maybe they accomplished what they wanted to and then we're just moving on to the next step. sure anyway uh congrats to them for their new project sorry that we closed it let's move on <laughs> It's time for a new spin on a regular segment, a very special baseball-themed food mail's food mail, a.k.a., I guess, Hey Dummies. And if Dan just a couple of food mail bombs, you do the box, gonna check the food mail, no bad, a bad That could be louder. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> This week, we have a pair of guests with us to help out. That's right. We have a couple of bona fide spring food most celebrities live in studio here to answer baseball questions submitted by you, our dearly beloved listeners. From right next door at Hammonds Field, please welcome Louie and Fetch, the Springfield Cardinals, I don't know, official animals? Well, that's very kind of you. We're big (laughs) fans of yours as well. Hey, Louie, why don't you go ahead and read our first question? Hmm. Our favorite ballpark treats. 
This is a tough one. Andy, do you make it out to the ballpark much? Are you kidding me? I practically live at the ballpark, dude. I love the peanuts, the Cracker Jacks. When I'm at the park, I don't care if I ever get back <laughs> to my home. If I could, I'd gaze upon the Thrower's Knoll 24-7, 365, year after year, decade after <laughs> painstaking decade. And I can easily say that the best ballpark snack is Dippin' Dots. I mean, come on. They're little baseballs. Perfect. Solid choice. Uh-huh. They are little tiny baseballs. Andy, but um, did you say Thrower's Knoll? Yeah, the, the Thrower's Knoll. It's that stack of dirt where the thrower throws the b-ball at the swinger. Wow. Okay, okay, then. Well, I'm at the ballpark easily as much as you, Andy. Maybe more. And I've got to say the absolute best ballpark snack, and this may be a controversial pick, but I personally... Love a hot dog. Mm, a hot dog sandwich? Uh, a little different. There's nothing <laughs> like going to the ballpark on a cold January afternoon, <laughs> scoping out some RBIs and bunts and third base coaching with a <laughs> jumbo hot dog, no bun, cut into a spiral and burnt into a hearty char, served coiled in a waffle cone. That sounds amazing. <laughs> My mouth is watering. Uh, what about you guys? <laughs> Oh, that's disgusting. Wow. I'm about to bleep some of that out. Truly, truly vile stuff. I cannot believe your jobs are entertaining children. Anyway, uh, uh, there were more questions. Hmm, Do we like to gamble on ball games? Well, if you must know, every once in a while, I do get bit by the gambling bug. You know, get a taste for the action. Sure. um, I make money on the hat shuffle like 33% of the time. Are you talking about the game on the screen where you pick the ball under the hat? Yeah, man. Baseball is so awesome. <laughs> what about you, buddy? Uh, you like to take a risk now and again? Lay it all on the line? Oh, boy. No, Andy. I don't like to gamble. I love to gamble. I will gamble on anything. Um, uh, proposition? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, what kind of proposition? How would we like to feel the greatest high known to man? What are you talking about? Uh, I'm not not really into that kind of thing. <laughs> hmm. The Six Chamber Club. That doesn't sound so bad. So it's like a, like a Wu-Tang thing? It's seven. But. <laughs> okay. Midnight on Wednesdays. Underneath the pitcher's mound. I, I think they mean the thrower's knoll. There's probably like some of those ball number tunnels down there or something. <laughs> Have we ever gambled with our lives? What are you saying? Yeah, I've seen the Deer Hunter. Me That's too. Primo De Niro. <laughs> Wait, Six Chamber Club. Wait, Louis Fetch. Are you running a literal underground Russian roulette ring? <laughs> wait, wait, no. You you guys got to go. This is a family show. I don't want any part of this. No, no, Andy. Let's let's hear them out. If I'd known Okay, so you need a password to get in. The stakes are so high that only Springfield's ultra-rich podcasters and mascots can pony up the cash? And you want us to join the club and ride the Russian dragon? We're in. Wait, what? Dan, we're not joining a Russian roulette league. Get out of here, you filthy animal. Shoot! Shoot! Yo, Louie, what's the password, bro? Ugh. Those guys were cool. I wanted to play Russian roulette with them. It's for your own good, Dan. I'm not going to have you shooting off your other ear playing Russian roulette with those monsters. Ugh, you always do this, Andy. We finally have someone cool on the show and you make a big deal out of it just because they wanted us to play a lethal game of chance in which a player places a single round into a revolver, spins the cylinder, places the muzzle against their head, and pulls the trigger. You're such a buzzkill, Andy. You're not my mom. Mom would let me play Russian roulette. Dan... I have something to tell you. I am your mom. Thanks for listening to the show. Please be sure to rate and review us if you get the chance. Maybe don't mention anything you (laughs) heard in that last five minutes, though. And if there's someone in your life who you think might enjoy this podcast, do us a favor and tell them about it. Patio Month continues next week. Until then, bye. Bye. 
Hey, thanks for listening to Spring Food Mo. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to support our podcast, guess what? You can. Visit support.springfoodpod.com. That's support.springfoodpod.com. Thanks for the money. <laughs> Spring Food <laughs> Live to a hard drive. You're listening to... Oops. <laughs> Live to a hard drive from the... <laughs> wow. I can't. <laughs> I can't have that in there. Oh uh, my god, how does this go? Oh yeah. I'm pleased to report that the falafel bur- <laughs> I'm pleased to report that the falafel burger <laughs> not great for a large man by my <laughs> not great for a large man. <laughs> I learned how to make these mashups this week and I kept sending them to Dan because I was so excited <laughs> and it's actually much more difficult than I expected oh, yeah. but y- you can if you have like an aptitude or pre- prior experience with audio stuff you-, you can learn how to do it so I'm sure. not acting like it was some kind of accomplishment for me to learn how to do this but it's like oh man this is taking three hours per drop <laughs> versus my expectation of it to take like 30 minutes <laughs> you're a regular girl talk now <laughs> i am andy girl oh, talk car i they already called me that for other reasons but um i have a lot more respect for greg gillis that dude who does the girl talk music because that is uh, an insane feat to oh, match yeah. up as much as he did yeah 